When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Got a ton to sink our teeth into over these next three episodes Run. here on the Steelers Standard. That was a weird start, but I love it when we start weird. You gotta be Obviously, AFC-NFC Championship game recap coming your way eventually. Yeah. We have a Super Bowl set in stone. We'll talk yes, about we how do. we got there, and there's some controversy around it, or at least some controversy that people I think are maybe making too controversial uh, having to do with striped individuals on the field we'll get into oh, all that more, more striped like tigers like <sighs> okay Jacob you're ruining this episode from the jump but that's no, <laughs> that's nothing new before we get into some league-wide stuff though and look at the AFC NFC championship games on a little later episodes there's some Steelers nuggets that I wanted to get into and was reading our colleague Tim Benz's work at the Trib today, triblive.com, and his first call article. And he wrote about something that Pat Fryermuth said on the Ben Roethlisberger mm. podcast, footballing with Ben Roethlisberger, about the Steelers' offense in 2022 and how there was essentially no hots. There was no hot route capability from the quarterback position. And, you know, Fryermuth was quoted saying, it's different because we didn't have hots. This is him speaking to Ben. With you, how many times did we have a concept that you looked at Deontay Johnson and gave a signal and it'd be a 12-yard completion? We didn't have it this year. So instead of looking at you in the whole you the whole time, we were looking at coverage. Like, I know what I'm supposed to do. It was almost too slow at first because we weren't anticipating. With you, we could see zero, cover zero, and you would give us a ram read away from Mike Linebacker route. So that was probably the most different between Roethlisberger and Pickett. Now... Is that Matt Canada saying, I don't want you to mess with any of what I call my offense is my offense. Like if, you, if you run the route, you run the route the way that I determined it. I don't care what the coverage dictates. Or is that Canada doing that because he's okay, a rookie and he's young and maybe the rookie quarterback sees something in the defense, but I don't trust him yet to make the right hot call. I don't trust him yet to make the right read. So I'd rather just stick with whatever was called, try to beat the coverage with that, no hot routes in his rookie season. I'll buy that. I'll, I'll buy, buy that you want to put the, put the training wheels on the rookie quarterback a little bit. I'll buy it too. And Ben has to understand, or I guess Pat would have to understand. That's the other thing. Like, you got to kind of realize who you're talking to here. 
Yeah. Like you, 2021 was the final ride with a Hall of Fame quarterback and that guy. That was going to be a story. No matter uh, what happened. I mean, he's been doing this since you were in like third grade, Pat Fryerman. Right. So like uh, it's a little bit different. It's comparing apples and oranges, I think, when talking about Kenny not being able to do it and Ben not being or Ben being able to do it in 2021. 100%. It, I believe of the two circumstances you laid out, with the trip, with it's it's either Matt Canada's offense or Matt Canada was trying to protect Kenny Pickett or protect his decision making. Rather, I think the latter is true, but it's also possible for a second possibility to be true, and that is Ben has been doing this stuff in his sleep, as you said, for the better part of the last two decades. He can read any defense he wants and know where to put the ball. Doesn't matter where if the receivers are looking. At the defense wrap, Ben, Ben's going to be able to do that. A kid coming into his rookie year is not going to have that same capability. Yeah, and they, I don't think you should expect a kid to have that same capability in his rookie year. I, I will say this. As the season went on, I do find it a little odd that there wasn't some more leeway given in that offense, you know, I get at the beginning of the season when he turned the ball over a ton, you got to kind of pull back on him, pull the reins back on him. He's turning the ball over a lot. But once he really got into that second half of the second half of the season and proved that he wasn't a turnover machine, he wasn't Kenny Pickoff, as a lot of people started calling him, then uh, I I think obviously you, um, you need to open things up a little bit. He earned that trust from you. And that's the only part where I'd say it's a little bit weird that they didn't open things up that way. They didn't decide to play him more. I don't want to say loose with the offense, but hey, if you see what Fryermuth was talking about there, cover zero, call a ram route, get uh the tight end away from the Mike linebacker. I I don't see why that wasn't able to be added into Kenny's repertoire week 15, 16, 17, 18. And I think you feel that way too, Tom, because you saw other aspects of the offense make strides why wasn't that one a part of it we don't know and i guess that's why that that's why this could be a frustrating conversation yeah of course and it all comes to what happens next year now yeah can are you going to make those same decisions are you going to let kenny call hot routes are you going to give him more keys to the offense because i i firmly believe that you have to if you want to see any kind of, you know, semblance of an offense that can be successful in 2023. I don't, I don't think you have to look like Mahomes and Burrow and Allen no, right away, no. but you got to start making baby steps towards that spot. And uh, quite frankly, the idea of just calling routes and then running into the coverage, no matter what the coverage dictates, it just once your rook, your quarterback becomes more established, it's like me dipping my head in the studio and running into the wall five straight times. Like, the wall's there. Why wouldn't I just turn left and go out the door? Why would I continue to run straight towards the wall like I was supposed to? It's the same thing with this coverage. If if you see coverage taking away three of your four routes, why wouldn't you check out of a couple of routes into something else, move a player towards the opening, right. or at least what you read to be the opening on the field? So, again, training wheels... I understand it for a rookie quarterback, but if this continues into next season and then it's an issue, I don't know how we'll know that uh, except for reporting. Obviously, I don't think players will come out during the season. Well, I bet you could also by watching game film. Yeah, you could probably see Kenny's body language or or 
any kind of communication channel via him and anyone else right before the ball snapped. I bet if you see a lot of that versus a lack of it, that would be a sign. Yes, I, I think, you know, when it comes to Kenny, there's a lot to be nervous about moving forward as far as putting points on the board, being an explosive offense. There's not much to be nervous about when it comes to, I think, his decision-making. Uh, I think his ability to read a defense, to take what the defense is giving him, because I think that's what was improved upon the most of 2022 in the second half of the season. And that really was, you know, a big selling point for Pickett out of the out of college into the draft was, you know, he's savvy. He's got the poise. He's got the intellect of the position. So the one thing that I'm worried about for him is having, you know, the big playability and to push the ball down the field and score 25, 30 points per game. But as far as, you know, making reads off of a defense, maybe checking into a different route, maybe checking into a different play completely, taking what defenses give him, I feel the most confident about that aspect of his game. And that's why I think that he's already elevated his floor to the point where he's a serviceable quarterback in the NFL. Because if you can give take what defense gives you, make the right reads nine out of ten times, you're going to stick around this league as a starter yeah, for a not, while. Yeah, not turn the ball over. You won't right. take that leap into that upper echelon Super Bowl contender MVP status mm-hmm. where you're pushing the ball down the field and throwing up 35 touchdowns and 11 interceptions mm-hmm. every year. You'll never take that leap. Not saying Kenny can't. He still obviously can. But I'm just saying that I feel comfortable with his floor now not being too far below like an Andy Dalton or, or someone that is going to manage games, mm-hmm. uh, not make humongous mistakes, and keep your team alive with a chance to win a majority of the time with defense, with the running game, with a player two that you made yourself. So that is why I, I think you look at film this offseason if you're Canada with Kenny and talk about what you want to do differently with the offense. And and that's why I give him the keys to, you know, reading defenses, changing things at the line of scrimmage right away, because I think he's got the savvy to do that. And I think he's proven over an eight, nine week stretch in the second half of the season that I, I can't, I know I can't turn the ball over and I'm not going to turn the ball over. Yeah. I, I agree with you with, in terms of the floor has kind of been set because he wouldn't have been able to pull off that seven and two finish those game-winning drives uh, against Baltimore and, and, and Vegas in back-to-back weeks if that floor wasn't at that level. The question is, how high can the ceiling go for Kenny Pickett? And <clears throat> I think that's completely undetermined at this point, right? Even though you saw flashes, I think it is completely unpredictable what Kenny Pickett can really be in terms of his the best of his ability, the, the most he can give you in the NFL. I think a lot of that has to do with a weird rookie year, right? You were a first-round draft pick. You weren't started at the beginning of the year. You came in at the second half of a game. You got hurt a couple of times down the stretch. Your team overall changed, like your your team aspect, your team mindset. You were considered one of the worst teams in football in the first half and then one of the hottest teams down the second, down the second half. With the play calling being in question with – Pieces on the offense moving around, such as Chase Claypool leaving, uh, Najee Harris then being elevated to be more a part of that offense and that running game being more a part of that offense. I don't think this rookie year gives us any indication of what he'll do next year. But you expect to see strides being made 
not just in his playmaking ability, but also as we started off this discussion with the play calling. Those two have to go hand in hand. They, those those two aspects both have to improve, not just one or the other. One last thing to touch on about this point. You you brought it up a little bit at the beginning of this episode, though, is that you know I understand where Pat's coming from, and you're on the football and podcast, so you're gonna you know very comfortably swim in those waters with Ben. Mm-hmm. But it's just a completely different situation. You know, he's talking about how, you know, uh, the adjustments for pass catchers came with the line of scrimmage this in 2021. We'd wait for you to read the defense and then tell us what happened in 2022. We're just running into the coverage instead of the quarterback to modify the routes based on the look. And, you know, I get where Pat's coming from because it's it definitely is an interesting juxtaposition for him in his first two seasons mm-hmm. as an NFL player. Right. To go one from a Hall, Hall of Fame quarterback and then one with a rookie. quarterback. Yeah, right. so he couldn't get. On either end. No, you couldn't. It's as far opposite ends of spectrum as possible on the spectrum. And I understand that he's probably sitting there going, this is weird. Like, why why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they checking this? I don't blame him for feeling that No, I don't. But at the same time, you'd think he'd realize that it wasn't necessarily just this is the way that Canada wants his offense to be run because Canada was the OC in 2021 when Ben was calling the hots. Now Mm -hmm. there always is the debate of, was there some butting of the heads going on there? And was Ben doing things that maybe Canada didn't necessarily want him to do? That's a different debate entirely. And I don't think one that will ever know completely Ben and Canada are both very professional. Wouldn't, you know, disparage the other person like that. Uh, But I just think that, with Ben in 2021 able to do it, Kenny in 2022 not able to do it, it had a lot more to do with this quarterback's a rookie. I'm trying to take as much off of his plate as possible because mm-hmm. he had seven interceptions in the first half of the season. Let's simplify this offense uh, in the second half. So to not overwhelm our first overall pick, which we're putting all of our franchise's eggs in this basket. And now in 2023, we'll start to loosen things up a little bit more and, and let him have a little bit more of the freedom. I'm, I'm subscribing to that belief. Sure. But I think there still is a chance that with Ben out in 2021, after 2021, this is what Canada wants from his offense. No hot routes. Call the, run the plays as I design them to every time. They're going to work. And now I feel like I have the ability to impose this will because the Hall of Famer, who probably knew more than me, is out of the building now, and I clearly the superior to Kenny Pickett. There's no disparity as far as the pecking order is concerned when there clearly was with Ben in Canada. Yeah, I mean, that is just an unhealthy thing to, like, kind of have to deal with, though. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't blame Matt Canada, right? Because we've we've come to know Ben over the course of his 18-year career. Of course. You knew that Ben, in his 18th year, you knew what his relationship was going to be with a first-time offensive coordinator in Matt Canada. Now it's a much healthy, it's a much more natural uh, relationship or or setting for a quarterback and a play caller, where that guy is now the elder, that guy has now been on the team for longer than the quarterback, and the quarterback is young and easily molded, right? Canada mm-hmm. can help him become or at least help him fit into Canada's offense and Matt Canada's position, you know, he's paid to call those, to make those plays or to make those calls. So whether or not you're happy with Matt Canada, be happy that he's got a guy that will agree and that will work with him to fit what Canada believes is the best offense for the team. But at that same point, if, 
we do get to a point in 2023 and it's very limited what he can do at the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that you can really win in today's NFL. No, I, no, no, no. I think that in order for an offensive coordinator and a quarterback to have the greatest working relationship and the greatest potential for success on the field, you have to have a fair amount of trust in your quarterback. And I think that's the next big step that these two take this year is you got to trust Kenny to, hey, we called, steal Gruden thing here, we called Spider 2Y Banana, and Kenny notices that it's covered. Let's kill it. Let's do a run play instead to the other side of the line. You got to have that trust in your quarterback to be able to do that. And you also have to have the ability to watch your second-year quarterback do that, check out a Spider 2Y Banana into a different play. That play he checked into not work, whereas you're looking and saying, I think Y Banana was going to be open and still not go crazy and be like, I'm taking everything away from you. All of your freedom is away because mm. of the one missed check that you did. Like, he's going to miss a check. He's going right. to check into the wrong play. That's where trust and that's where, you know, kind of, I don't want to say leniency comes into place. You can't have him doing that all the time. But you have to allow your rookie, your young quarterback to make mistakes because failure is not the end of the journey. But it helps It's a necessary you. part yeah, of the Yeah, exactly. So and- I, I just think that with Kenny – you got to push the ball down the field a little bit more and maybe take a little bit of a risk on interceptable passes. And with Canada, you got to kind of let your baby bird fly out of the nest mm-hmm. in 2023. Or else you're kind of just going to get stuck in that same 8, 9, 9, and 8, 17 point per game offense that you had this year. I mean, yeah, you don't want that. I mean, we all know now that the Matt Canada offense has averaged less points or fewer points per game than Randy Feekner's offense when he was here uh, a couple years ago. So you obviously don't want to continue down that path, Tom. And I don't know what the breaking point would be if it start if the season starts off down that road, right? I don't know what the move is because this team isn't a team to have kind of knee jerk reactions. Really, the the most recent and the most prominent knee jerk that reaction in the last couple of years that comes to mind is benching Mitch Trubisky at the half of the Jets game and putting in Kenny Pickett. But it's never been, oh, we're going to fire somebody halfway through, whether it's a coordinator, whether it's a coach, a head coach for that matter. I don't know what's going to happen if you do see week one, maybe through week three or four. I mean, I I was going to say like five or six, but Kenny Pickett got the second half start against the Jets in what week four. Mm -hmm. So it could be as early as that if that team again comes out of the gate to start the season very slow on offense. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. 
It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Another note that uh, I saw when perusing Ben's article was about Cam Sutton. And it looks like he wants to stay in Pittsburgh. Uh, Dale did an interview with him on Steelers.com and... Uh, the cornerback claimed that it's not a big desire for him to move from team to team. I'm not a guy that always being on, I'm not a guy always being on the move. I just want to be around. I feel like I've established a lot here, seeing so much ball year in, year out, just a comfortability of guys in the system. Uh, so Sutton wants to be here. I think the Steelers want Sutton to be back too. I know we on this podcast certainly want Cam Sutton to be back. Um, he had three interceptions this year, 15 passes defended in 2022. The interceptions is a career high. Uh, before the 2021 season, uh, he signed a two-year contract to remain in Pittsburgh. It was worth $9 million. Now you have to bring him back probably more than the $9 million that it cost you the last time you signed him to a two-year deal. But, I, again, that defense is so expensive. You worry about overpaying for guys on that side of the ball. But I just don't know if they want to win next year, which they do, how they go about not bringing in Cam Sutton, not maybe overpaying by a couple million dollars to ensure that at least your number two corner and, and your current best corner on your roster is still on your roster when you open up St. Vincent's in 2023 for training camp. Yeah, it's a little bit of a weird situation, isn't it? Because he's not some stud who's hitting the free agent market who you really <laughs> want to keep, and you're worried because if you lose him, it could be a huge detriment to your defense, but if you pay him, that could really limit you in what else you could do for your team despite his talent that he brings on an individual level. Like he, like you said, Tom, Cam Sutton is best served as a cornerback two who can slide down into the slot when you bring in a cornerback three and really work him in like that. The, the way he was worked into this defense when he was first coming up uh, a couple of years ago, Due to circumstances, though, the uh, departure of Joe Hayden, the departure of Mike Hilton, he's had to accept this role as more of a legitimate starting cornerback, and he's really taken over that cornerback one position. But I have no problem paying a little bit extra for a guy like Cam Sutton because if you let Cam Sutton go, then you're just left with Levi Wallace and a bunch of twos and a bunch of threes and no one like Cam Sutton who can kind of bump down into that slot and really excel at his level when he's putting that into that position. So for me personally, if I hear that Cam Sutton's eager to come back to Pittsburgh, I'm getting on the phone right away as soon as I can to make that deal done or to get that deal done. Yeah, I just think that you're kind of stuck with that one. You gotta ha- you gotta bring him back if again you want to win next year, which is what the Steelers always want to do and yeah, what they and, want to do next year. And that's the thing is that there's never a down period, right? I mean, you you part ways with your Hall of Fame quarterback, but the very next season, the the very first chance you get in the draft, you take a quarterback in the first round. I mean, there's really never a down era for this team. It doesn't it doesn't feel like it that at least it doesn't. And so to that point, I don't expect them to just say, "Yeah, you know what? Our defense is good enough. We'll yeah. try to win it with this with this group without Cam Sutton. We'll we'll see what happens." Yeah, no, I don't. I don't see them doing that either. The Steelers and the Roonies are not a, the type of family or team to just say, "Eh, we'll, we'll see what happens." Yeah, they, they like to take matters into their own hands. They're gonna at least make sure that if 
worst case scenario plays out and they don't do anything in the draft with that position group and they don't do anything in free agency at that position group, they're going to want to have at least Sutton there to fall back on as mm-hmm. a de facto number one, really, when you when you yeah. think about it. Um, he also went on to tell Dale, you know, we were just coming together at the right time, just out of time, though, uh, talking about a 7-2 and two finish to end the 2022 season. We kind of heard TJ say things like that at the end of the Browns game when they found out that the Dolphins made the field goal and were going to the playoffs. He was like, you know, I think we were playing our best football of the season and some of the best football around the league down the stretch here and just ran out of time. I don't want to, you know, get into the habit of bringing back a 9 and 8 team completely and just keep reloading on mediocrity and mediocrity and mediocrity, but there is something to a team that finished as strong as they did in bringing as many pieces from that team back, especially defensively as possible, right. to continue to build off of your strong finish in 2022. There there's something to that. Yes, there is also something to you were 9 and 8. Do you really want to bring back every single piece from a 9 and 8 team? I don't mm-hmm. want to bring back every single piece. But I think it's important to bring back majority of that nucleus since it finished so well. Right. The players that helped you get to those nine wins. Right. I know you just said that nine and eight isn't great, but there it's, are certain it's guys. It's different got, when it's seven and two to get right. to nine there and There are eight, certain guys who helped you get to that nine number, not necessarily the eight number. No. So there is some value towards. Again, I don't want to call it let's get the band back together because there's guys for sure that like the bushes of the world that you're just done with and you don't want to see him right. anymore. But let's get most of the band back together because if we go out and we get this big free agent signing at corner, which the Steelers never do, so that's far-fetched. If we pick Joey Porter Jr. 17th overall and he's ready to start, I don't think that you really – upgrade unless that also comes with cam sutton attached to it like if you get the free agent if you get the draft pick in the first round to play corner does that really help that group if also cam sutton is playing for like the colts this year Mm. i think it has to be both you have to address it with a free agent more likely in the draft because that's the way they do things and also by keeping cam sutton in town i think that's how you improve that position group it can't be one or the other it can't just be bring Sutton back and don't address it in the draft or free agency it can't be addressed in the draft or free agency and don't bring Sutton back that's why I think you kind of have Sutton I don't want to say he has you in a tough place here but his play has demanded a raise and the way your team currently is constructed you need that position you need him in that position yeah I I don't want to move forward I don't want the I don't want to see the Steelers move forward to 2023 without Cam Sutton I think you're just really, I think you're completely limiting yourself at that position if you do so. Even if you go out and you get that stud Joey Porter Jr. in the draft, you're relying on Joey Porter Jr. to essentially be Sauce Gardner 2.0. And we don't know, and he won't be because he's not being picked in the top five because that's where Sauce Gardner 2.0s get picked. But you're you're relying on him to be at that level. Exactly. The number one, and then everybody else just fall into the position that they were on the team of which they were on the team last season. And I just think that's completely that it's just an a naive way to go about things. But I don't expect the Steelers to do that either. I, I think what's likely is if Joey Porter Jr. is there. They're gonna take him and I, I think and then they resign they're Cam gonna bring Sutton, Sutton back. Yeah. I, I just I feel it in my bones that that's gonna happen. It would be very surprising to me if he's not on the team 
what would you year. feel if he wasn't on the team? Surprised. Just surprised or surprised. shocked? I feel shocked. I, mean, I would I'm go shocked. as far as to say surprised. All right, when we come back, some NFL news and notes that I want to get into a uh, Pro Bowl game update that kind of made me go, huh? So we'll talk about that and some salary cap news as well. Some NFL talk coming up on the way next. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Offerman, and you're listening to the Steelers Standard. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 